Hi everyone and welcome to another broadcast of Faith Life with Pastor Earl and friends. I trust that you are putting all of your faith and all of your trust in these very troublesome times in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Some years back, I gave many years back, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. I gave him my life. I wanted him to be first in my life. And it's the one thing in my life that has never disappointed me. The greatest decision I've ever made was to receive Christ. And I would like you to do that as well. There are many concepts that people have in their minds about receiving Christ. Some feel through communion, uh, church membership, other things like that. But truly the way to receive Christ is through a confession of faith, Romans 10, 9, 10, and 13. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus as Lord. Confess means to say the same thing God says. So. God says that Jesus is Lord, and if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. So it's a repentance from your way of thinking. You change your mind, your will, and your direction, and then you turn your life toward Jesus Christ and never look back. It'll be the greatest life that you've ever lived. Will it be without trouble and trials? Absolutely not. But you will be able to have someone, as the Lord says in the 23rd Psalm, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you're with me. One of the greatest and most precious things in my life is the manifest presence of God. And that's what I long after, that's what I pursue. I believe it was Moses that said, maybe Abraham, I get him confused sometimes, not that they're easy to confuse, but he said, Lord, if your presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to go up. And we should have that attitude as well. Lord, guide my steps, and if your presence goes, I'm right there with you. Today's sponsor is um, a gentleman that has a construction company, Custom Construction. I know this gentleman myself. His name is Willie Shockey and a friend of mine, and he will treat you right. You can build homes, commercial things, whatever you have, remodeling, whatever it is, barns, stables, they know how to do it all. He's got a really great team of men that can do this kind of work. And so if you'd like to reach out to him, 443-791-4420, 443-791-4420, and his name is Willie Shockey. So get a hold of him for your next project. You won't be disappointed. Our last broadcast was on Revelation 22. This will be our final teaching on the book of the Revelation. And we have 
I believe, well, 50 total, but about 48 or 49 episodes that um, are archived on the book of the Revelation. And if you will download the Podbean, podbean.com, and then search for Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends, you will find it. Revelation chapter 22, all about heaven. Chapter 21 and 22, the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. So there is this peaceful, beautiful river. In John 7, 38 and 39, he that believes on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. So this may be just a portrait of the Holy Spirit. So you have the throne of God and of the Lamb. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit represented there. Secondly, in the second verse, in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there was the tree of life. Paradise was lost. The tree was kept from mankind in Genesis 3.22. Paradise is now restored. And it bore 12 manner of fruits. I don't know whether it's at the same time, but it does seem to indicate that there might be 12 different fruits at different months because it said and yielded her fruit every month god has everything we need nothing more delicious than real fruit you can't even um manufacture any product that could ever taste as good as the fruit that god has given us and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So heaven is a place where we'll all be made whole. And all the brokenness and all the hurt and all between ethnic groups or nations will now be restored, will be fully delivered. There shall be no more curse. Remember, there was the curse after um, Adam and Eve had fallen. And now the curse has been lifted. But it says, But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. What will we do when we get to heaven? We'll serve the Lord. We'll worship the Lord. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. During the tribulation, if you follow the Antichrist, you'll receive his mark. But if you reject the Antichrist and reject identifying with him and receive Christ, you'll have his mark, our Lord's mark on your forehead. And there shall be no night there. We think of darkness, sadness, crime, violence after uh, the lights are out. There shall be no night there, and they shall need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. 
I believe this is talking about a physical darkness, but also in heaven is a place where you'll never suffer mental anguish, depression, discouragement, broken hearts. It's all light, no more darkness. And he said unto me, these sayings are faithful and true. You can't trust most of the things you read or hear, but when God says it, it's faithful and it's true, it's credible. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show unto his servants that the things which must shortly or in rapid succession quickly come to pass. He's the Lord God of the prophets. I think he mentions the prophets because they are the ones that foretold us of all the glories that will come. Verse seven, the Lord says, behold, I come quickly, not just soon, but he's coming suddenly. Blessed is he. We had a blessing in the beginning of the book in chapter one and verse three. And now he says, blessed is he that keepeth continuously the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Revelation is some, some feel, oh, these things already took place in the first century. But this is a book of prophecy of things to come. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel that showed me these things. A similar situation in chapter 19 and verse 10, but here you'll see that John is rebuked because the angel does not want worship. That belongs to the Lord and the Lord alone. When we see an angel in the Old Testament where like Joshua in Joshua 5, before Joshua enters into the uh, city of Jericho to take that over by the power of God, it tells us that there is an angel of the Lord, the captain of the host of the Lord. And so that was a pre-incarnate, appearance of Jesus Christ. Then said unto me, See thou do it not, for I'm thy fellow servant, the angel is saying. Angels serve the Lord, and they serve us. And of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. That's a powerful statement. Just put that in the forefront of your mind, worship God. This week on Sunday, I heard a message from Times Square. The Times Square Church is the church that was um, founded by David Wilkerson of the famed book, Cross and the Switchblade. Well, the minister this Sunday brought a message on worship out of Genesis 22 with Abraham offering Isaac and the message primarily had the idea with worship is not just music. We think when we go to church if they have good music before the message. 
slow songs for worship and fast songs for praise, then we think we worshiped. But you don't even need um, music for worship. It's an attitude of the heart. And when it says worship God, it's in the aorist. Uh, imperative means it's a definite act. Let's definitely and with all of our hearts worship the Lord. Let's bow before him. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book. God is almost finished, but not quite finished. For the time is at hand. Two words for time in the Greek language, kairos, K-A-I-R-O-S, or chronos. Chronos is chronological time. Kairos is a season. He says the season is at hand. That means it's near, very near. As we get to the 11th verse, then it says, He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. There will come a time when we will no longer be able to make decisions whether we will be on the Lord's side or we'll follow the devil. You say, well, I'm never going to follow the devil. I'm just doing my own thing. Well, essentially, that's following the devil if you're not following the Lord. There will come a time when you won't be able to make decisions anymore. It'll be all over the time of deciding whether to receive or reject Christ. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still. He that is filthy, let him be filthy still. It doesn't mean that God is happy with somebody being content in their sin. There'll just come a time when you can't turn to Christ and turn your life around. Do it now. He that is righteous, let him be righteous still. If you decided to deny yourself, receive Christ and follow him, when you're in eternity, you will be so glad. You'll be rejoicing that you made the right decision, led of the Holy Spirit, to live a life holy and pleasing to the Lord. Let him be holy still. Then the Lord says in verse 12, Behold, I come quickly. I'm coming quickly. Suddenly is the idea. And my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. This idea of the Lord coming with his reward refers to the Bema seat of Christ or the judgment seat of Christ, not judging for our salvation, but how did we serve the Lord here on the earth? And we will be like a, an athlete in the Olympics where we will receive crowns, not diadema crowns like our Lord wears, but Stephanos crowns, which we'll be able to cast at Jesus' feet. 2 Corinthians 5, 10 and 11, also Romans chapter 14, tell us about we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, all believers, and they'll give to every man according to his works shall be. 
So imagine if we've served the Lord faithfully, he rewards us with the victor's crown, and when he does that, we have something to give to the Lord. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Who's that talking about? That's Jesus. Chapter 1, verse 8, chapter 1, verse 11, chapter 1, verse 17, chapter 2, verse 8, and chapter 21, verse 6. And here again, he is all we need, the A to Z, from beginning to consummation. He's the first and the last. Blessed are they which do his commandments. These are not the Ten Commandments, but these are his authoritative injunctions. If you're a follower of Jesus, you should and will do his commands, that they may have right to the tree of life. You don't earn your salvation, but because you're a follower of Jesus, you will do his commands. And then you'll have right to the tree of life, and you'll enter in through the gate into the city. The new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem, that city that is going to be suspended between the new heaven and the new earth as the old heaven and earth is destroyed by fire and melts with a fervent heat. So here paradise has been restored. It says, for without, not that they can even get in, but it's just letting us know that those that are wicked, those that have rejected Christ, those that have done evil things and haven't returned to the Lord, it says, without are dogs. That's not our cute little pets. That's wild dogs, a euphemism for that. Sorcerers, witchcraft, Drug involvement, pharmakia is one of the Greek words for sorcery. Ormongers, those that um, are involved in fornication and adultery. Murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. So there will be some no longer having an opportunity to receive Christ, no longer being able to gain entrance into the city. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto these things in the churches. I am the root and offspring of David and the bright morning star. We learn several things that the church is exempt during chapter 6 all the way to chapter 19, but here it's mentioned again. I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture of the church. And seven years after that, the Lord will return with us in glory. And he says this, that he's the root and offspring of David, Isaiah 11, verse 1. And also he's the bright and morning star, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 28. He's the only light we need in our life. Do you realize in this world, a lot of metaphysical um, teachings and witchcraft and all, all talk about the light, but make sure 
that you're following the true light. It says, and the spirit and the bride say come. That's the Holy Spirit of chapter 11 of Isaiah and verse 2. The bride is the bride of Christ, the true ecclesia, the true church. And there's an invitation to come now. Let him that heareth these sayings come. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. There is a particular camp, if you want to use that term, um, within the body of Christ of some who say, well, it's not whosoever will come, it's whoever God decided he wanted to come to heaven and not come to heaven. And so the foredrawn conclusion it is that he is um, just allowing some to go to hell without a chance. But I don't believe that. I don't believe in a limited atonement. I believe that his atonement was for all and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. You see here that we can't even say, if God says whosoever will, then you can't say, well, I don't believe that because he said it. So argue with God, it's his word. And here it says that if we add unto these things, God will add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Sometimes I will flip through the channels on my remote and listen to different, or on the internet and listen to different quote ministers and very few these days are actually teaching the Word of God. They may use it occasionally to fulfill their own um, message, but most of it is 90% is what I call fluff. 90% is not teaching what does God say, line upon line, precept upon precept, but what is the opinion of the minister and how exciting is he how funny is he listen i can be funny anybody knows me knows i can be funny but you know what i will put my humor i will put my oratory skills if i have any and subject them to the true and living word of god it's if any man takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy. God shall take away his part out of the book of life. It's not that you can lose your salvation, but that indicates that you are an apostate. If that you're constantly ripping the word of God apart. There's some famous preachers lately that have been saying, oh, we don't need the Old Testament, this isn't relevant, and that's not relevant. Well, all of the Word of God is relevant. And he says, God will take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testify at these things 
saith, Surely I come quickly. This is Jesus. I'm coming suddenly, and he, I believe he's coming soon. And he says, Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Oh, that should be our prayer every night. Just come, Lord Jesus. Please take us to be with you. Let's win a lot of people to the Lord. Let's do the work of Jesus. And then let's just pray for his soon return. Then he ends this wonderful book with the following words, the grace, the favor, the charis of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And that is my prayer for you too, that the grace of God will be upon your life. If you haven't received Christ, receive him today. Pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord, I realize that I'm a sinner and my sin has separated me from you. And I repent of that sin and I repent of my position as a sinner. And I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to contact us, just um, contact. My email is contact. No, I'm sorry. My email is charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, one, two, three, four, at gmail.com. Or you can text me at 386-795-8494 if you'd like to give me a prayer request or maybe a question or you'd like to undergird this ministry with your financial support. Just let me know and then I will text you back or email you back. And this is Pastor Earl saying, I love you. Even so, Come, Lord Jesus, come.